attacks on religious liberty grow on college campuses in the post-Trump era, a school's police department is shifting all its focus to diversity and inclusion, feel like there might be some better things to focus on, and in our top story of the week, a university brings back segregation. So much for progressive. I'm Addison Smith. This is the Campus Countdown. Our number three story of the week is one that should hardly be a surprise. Religious liberty has been under attack by the left for years now. Uh, The the left will claim that they actually love religious liberty and that they think that everyone has the right to be and think what they want. Uh, But when it comes to religion, that only applies so long as the left approves of it, so long as they don't find it at all distasteful uh, or offensive or harmful. We're seeing this manifest, especially on college campuses, as the Secular Student Network is suing to overturn a Trump-era rule protecting religious expression at public colleges and universities. The rule they want to abolish requires public institutions to treat religious student organizations fairly. How terrible. The Department of Education instated the rule under former Education Department Secretary Betsy DeVos. Under this rule, quote, a public institution must not deny to any student organization whose state admission is religious in nature any right, benefit, or privilege that is otherwise afforded to other student organizations at the public institution. This according to the department's fact sheet. In other words, if a public university recognizes secular student groups and grants them access to facilities and funding, then it must do the same for religious student groups, which is perfectly fair seems perfectly fair to me. This seems very non-traversial. Religious groups should obviously have the rights and access to school resources uh, like like any other group. Well, not according to the all-inclusive tolerant left. In their eyes, religion that isn't under their cultish umbrella is evil. It shouldn't be allowed. Orthodox Christianity, Judaism, Catholicism, and more are a threat to the secular left. Why? Because it's discriminatory, they say. Quote, the Secular Student Alliance says that the rule would force students, particularly LGBTQ students, to have some of their student fees go to clubs where they say they are not welcome or where they are actively discriminated against. This unlawful rule was part of the Trump's administration campaign to pander to Christian nationalists and weaponize religious freedom to justify discrimination, American Atheist Vice President for Legal and Policy said. Freedom of religion is a fundamental American value that protects everyone's right to their beliefs so long as they don't harm others. I see. It does not give people or organizations the right to ignore civil rights protections and discriminate. The left is fundamentally disconnected from what religion is. By definition, religion is exclusive. If you believe one religion, you're excluding all other religions or beliefs or worldviews. Christianity, for example, by definition excludes other religions, other doctrines, other standards that are not in line with biblical teachings. Buddhism or Hinduism, by logical necessity, by logical necessity, exclude Christianity, exclude Judaism, exclude Catholicism, and and so on. The entire point of religion is that you serve a God who has rules and standards, but the left doesn't get that. And the religion of leftism, or the cult of leftism, as as I call it, Uh, these standards and rules are hateful and bigoted and mean. And if anyone feels uh, any, any certain way, they should be forcibly shunned from practicing it. If you have any religious standard that does not align with the leftist mantras, the leftist doctrines, it shouldn't be allowed. 
But other than that, you, you can have your religious freedom, just, just as long as we approve and sign off on it. Religious people aren't religious because they seek to be hateful and rude and bigoted. We do it because God has standards. God has a law, and he commands us to follow it. And that law supersedes man's law. As a Christian, I believe God's law is above all other law, above all other man's, uh, you know, rules. And so by logical necessity, if someone comes up with a rule or establishes something that is directly and antithetical to what God teaches, I can't accept it. In our number two story of the week, the University of Pennsylvania has added the position of diversity, equity, inclusion officer to its police force. So they have a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. Good Lord. According to UPenn Today, the school's official news service, uh, they detailed the appointment of Officer Nicole McCoy to the new position. Vice President for Public Safety and Superintendent of uh, Penn Police, Maureen Rush, explained to Penn today that the university wants to, quote, have a central person who has a strategic plan to work with the community in West Philadelphia, to work with the community inside of Penn, its faculty, staff, and students, and also work within the police department on issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We make great efforts and succeed in hiring a diverse workforce that reflects the diversity of the community we serve. Manhattan Institute fellow Heather McDonald told Campus Reform that the university's police force uh, resources would be better used elsewhere. I, I would have to agree. She said, quote, homicides rose over 35 percent in Philadelphia in 2020 compared to 2019. Eleven children were fatally shot. None of these children, virtually all black, was killed by a police officer. She also noted that, quote, the threat to Philadelphia residents and to UPenn students comes from drive-by shootings and other violent street crime, not from the police. This is a fair point. The context and the facts do matter. And looking at them here, I'd say that there is simply nothing coherent about UPenn's decision. What is the police force doing focusing on diversity and inclusion? You know, I, I, I have a simple, modest suggestion for, for UPenn's police department. Focus on enforcing the law. Philly's an extremely dangerous city, and Donald was right, and she cited the crimes to back it up. And police killings are very low anyways, and that's even without looking uh, case by case which shootings or which killings were justified. Most usually are, statistically. Homicides and other violent crimes are, are rampant, but it seems like UPIN is running with the assumption that there's this massive problem with the police, uh, with the police department and that the way to fix it is diversity, some sort of race and sex quota. Uh, but it's, it's just the opposite. There's not a problem with the police force. There's a problem with crime. And enforcing the law is going to fix it. No one should care about diversity in the police department. They, they should care about what the police department is actually doing. It seems like common sense, but you know, then again, this is a college university we're talking about, so you can't expect too much of that from them. Our top story of the week has been quite the buzz over the past few days. Columbia University, in an attempt to be diverse and inclusive of all races, ethnicities, and income earners, is segregating graduation based on races, ethnicities, and income earners. Now, it's worth, it's worth noting, they are still having the regular graduation, but they decided to also hold racially segregated graduations, and they've received some criticism for this. I can't imagine why. Campus Reform has the report, quote, Columbia University in New York City will host six virtual graduation ceremonies segregated by race, sexual orientation, and socioeconomic status, in addition to its main commencement ceremonies for all students. In order to, quote, provide a more intimate setting 
for students who self-identify in a variety of ways. The Ivy League schools said that these programs are a way to, quote, complement the main ceremonies. The additional virtual ceremonies include, and get ready for this, Native graduation celebration, Lavender graduation celebration for LGBTQ students. I don't even know what Lavender is supposed to be in relation to that. But anyways, Asian graduation celebration, first generation and low income student graduation celebration, Latinx graduation celebration, and Black graduation celebration. Senator Tom Cotton, I think, put this pretty well. He called it the end point of critical race theory, segregation. He's right. I can't think of a more accurate description. When you teach people their their race, their ethnic identity is paramount, that it's the most important thing about them and that it actually is who they are, you end up with this hyper-racialized culture like the one we're seeing today where rather than celebrate accomplishments alone, we have to celebrate the accomplishments because of their race, because of this or that race, this or that sex, this or that sexual identity. All you need to be able to know that this is blatantly racist and discriminatory is the good old-fashioned swap-out test. Allow me to draw it out. The additional virtual ceremonies include white graduation celebration, heterosexual graduation celebration for straight students, male graduation celebration, high-income students' uh, graduate celebration, and so on. See, if you took out all the the minorities and all the disadvantages like low-income students and replace it with with white and with heterosexuality and with high-income, if you do that and you take out the LGBT part, all of that, there would be absolutely nuclear, nuclear outrage. And the school would probably be burnt to the ground by morning, if we're just being honest. It's been obvious for a very long time that the left doesn't actually care about racism. And I've said this plenty of times. They are actually the racist ones. And this is a prime example of that. Anytime two races can be interchanged and the left only finds one of them as shocking and horrific, that's a good sign that both of those things are actually shocking and horrific. So, you know, great job, Columbia. You know, very, very woke, very cool. Bringing back segregation and pioneering progress. Awesome stuff, guys. Well done. That will conclude this week's episode of the Campus Countdown. Thank you for watching. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure you're following us at Campus Reform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're watching this on YouTube, obviously like, subscribe, leave a comment, hit that notification bell, the whole nine yards. We'll see you next week.